Welcome to Noclip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherford. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're joined by special guests, Janelle Vickers. Hey! <laughs> and he's back, JJ Artimez. Hey! From the bowels of Tartarus. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Gonna match Janelle's energy. Yes. A very raspy energy on the podcast today. Mm -hmm. That's because we're coming to you live from the depths of Tartarus and other various hells. From the house of Hades. I'm in mm -hmm. I'm in the Asphodel Meadows personally. Okay. Coming in remote. Yeah, she's recording remotely from the Asphodel Meadows. Mm -hmm. Watch your mouth. Yes. Uh and I think we've given it away at this point, but today we're gonna be talking about Hades. Uh, but first, uh, if you could give us a like or a rating, if you appreciate the content, we would appreciate that. I appreciate everything. I appreciate you guys <laughs> and being invited. I'm just happy to be yeah. here. <laughs> so Good to glad. have you back. So glad to be here as well. Mm -hmm. Hades is a game that was developed by Supergiant Games and uh, was <laughs> released in 1.0 uh, on September 17th of 2020. Uh, and that is in itself, like, only part of the story of the release of this game. Uh, and I'm sure that we can get into that in a little bit. Uh, but Hades is a roguelike, like, an action roguelite is, like, the very technical term of what this game is. And I kind of want to start here on the pedantic note, because I think it speaks to something that is actually really, like key to the success of this game because the game was very successful mm -hmm. uh and that is the the phrase rogue light uh we talked about Downwell on pocket last week and um that game is a rogue like in that when you die you just start over there's no additional like meta leveling and currency and stuff and hades is exactly the opposite it is a rogue light in the way that you start from the beginning and every time you die you have to go back but it includes this extensive level up tree and lots of skills and abilities and like items to level up and power you up and make the game easier on subsequent run throughs. And I think that that's a huge like key part of the game's success is how accessible it is, especially for a genre known for being famously inaccessible. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't really like roguelikes very much uh but i did like this so i guess the few letters that change roguelike to rogue light uh mm -hmm. make a huge difference for me because like the feeling of progression of like actually like leveling up your character uh and like even all of like the customizing the house of hades with aesthetic stuff like all of the, in like the relationships with the characters like all did a lot to motivate me to keep playing mm -hmm. where other roguelikes don't have that sort of thing at least to my knowledge no most roguelikes uh at least in terms of the original hardcore elements of, <laughs> of uh that genre are all about trying to test your skills against the game they're they're very about personal growth and personal development um 
which also means that it's a lot easier for you to fail repeatedly over and over again in a way that might not be the best use of like the two hours that you have after your job mm -hmm. uh which is why since most people have jobs and two hours after them only uh that's why a lot of people bounce off of it uh, and a lot of people who either do this professionally or do this exclusively but not professionally uh, -huh. uh get very into the into roguelike genres uh yeah, this game would not succeed if it was just, how well can you escape from hell? A lot of games like that, not specifically like third-person action games, have existed, and they, you know, only had niche success. Not, not, not to say that it was the accessibility features exclusively, of course. Part of what makes this game such a ludicrous masterpiece is just the way that Supergiant does character design and the, and the art behind this that makes every you know room and level that you're able to ascend further up itself more of a mystery in the early stages you know finding your little bits and pieces of beauty uh, right. amongst the hells from which you ascend mm -hmm. yeah and th that's almost the biggest thing for me is if this game was less pretty i would be demonstrably less interested in it <laughs> but oh my god is this game pretty yeah it does look real good i i think that there are a lot of there are a lot of those additional factors um but yeah i think i think the accessibility the reason that i think making the game slightly easier uh to to get through is such a big part of its success is because people generally speaking want to succeed and the game does its best to try and like push you like make you feel like every time that you go through you're making progress and like the team has said in the past like they wanted dying in Hades not to feel bad and they accomplished that a lot through the character development and the existence of all of these NPCs and things that you can change and interact with and customize um but I think that all sort of ties into the larger, like, meta currency system in this game of sort of, like, making each run feel like you've gained a little bit. So even mechanically, as you complete levels, you, you feel like you're getting better and can show that with just the number of chambers that you complete in each run. And that way you feel like less of a loser. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, I no, mean... Even getting past, like, my initial disappointment of, like, ah, damn, my dad pounded my fucking face into the ground yet again. Like, I was always happy to go back to the House of Hades because I'm like, okay, who's going to be here for me to talk to? Who can I give a bottle of nectar to? How many gems did I collect on my last run? Can I finally get that sweet, sweet painting of my foster mom hung up? Like, there are always, of course, I mean, naturally, y'all know me it would be the best part of the game to me to go back and be like, who wants to be my friend now? Please. <laughs> <laughs> who can I con into giving me your love and affection? But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it felt like each time I returned, I learned a little bit more about the game, but I also was able to employ like the actual material things that I picked up on my last run to then go out and be like, okay, let's do it again a little bit smarter a little bit better prepared it felt like while i was learning zagreus was also learning and growing stronger and i was growing stronger too <laughs> yeah this game joins the ranks of the few games that have a dog in it and they let you pet it mm. i feel like it's that surprisingly is... rare i don't agree anymore name three uh that aren't this okay so not this that's one uh, -huh. uh the Blair Witch game has a dog that you can pet. <laughs> okay. Good pull. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. You can't pet dogs. the dog. Can't pet him. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't, pe- you can't pet Is the dog. Is that dogs. a whole mission where you pet the dog? Nope. No, you, you feed don't. Them. You can't pet them. Maybe it was a mod or something. You can run around in a circle and okay. they'll do it too. This is my hot take: is that I don't give a shit about being able to pet dogs, and I feel like it's been like beaten into the ground recently, where they talk about petting dogs a lot. All right, here's the real well, chat. I was just out. making a joke. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's definitely more than three that came out in the last two yeah. months. The Last of Us is the example people always give of a game that lets you do it. In Last of Us, oh yeah, you do get, but then you kill that dog, so it's really a hollow. <laughs> Actually, you kill the dog before you pet. No, it. the one from the first game is oh. also in the town in the second game at the beginning, and you can pet him both times. Oh, okay. But anyway. Chad, no. Chad, I guess that coming in with that, in uh, that I did not expect at all. <laughs> that dog uh, death heat, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I think they nailed that uh, the balance where it still feels like a struggle to beat this game, but you do feel like you gain a significant amount each attempt. Like it never gets too discouraging. Like I think they got the curve of it like really well. The math, really. And they had a lot of time to get that math perfect because this game was in, like, what, closed or open beta for uh, a year? Over, over a year. Like, maybe, I think, like, the, now, right now, is around the two-year uh, time when this game originally came out in alpha or yeah. in, in early access. Yeah, because they had, they had finalized the base design of this game long before they had fudge the numbers into a state where they got that like extreme long-term logarithmic curve perfect where i can imagine people quitting this game you know after after seeing the like post persephone credits Mm -hmm. and like never engaging at all with like the super late game stuff even though you can literally play the game like four to eight times longer than that and you never run out of things (laughs) to invest in and little new secrets to find i'm working on it i know (laughs) it took me so long to hear a repeat voice line oh yeah like a hundred hours or something stupid until i eventually like i was like oh hades is finally starting to loop after all (laughs) of this time which is itself a commendable feature yeah the the dialogue is actually arguably like one of the most interesting systems in the game uh especially like one of the things that you mentioned is sort of like them having the base design of this game down really early is I, I view this game very much as a culmination of Supergiant's design like up until now because you can draw a lot of similarities between them. The focus on strong voice acting from all the way back in Bastion, uh, the isometric perspective and the way that combat plays out from Transistor, the power shot mechanic and uh, like sort of branching narratives and dialogue trees from Pyre. Also, the love of basketball. This game also. Yeah. Has a, you didn't find the yeah. basketball and, uh, tree in this game. Like the dating sim elements, mm-hmm. also from Pyre. Yeah, like all of these things that are sort of like pulled from their other games, and this game feels like it takes its favorite bits from all of their previous work and puts them into this one. And I've hit my microphone like three times. Mm-hmm. It's because you're so excited. I am. I'm just you just uh, you, you've been you've does... been beating too many demons. It's tr- it's it's beginning to uh, shift into your real life. Exactly, I'm shifting. You're shifting. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like they do have this like this very robust set of mechanics that they've sort of like been building up, and like 
it does make me excited to see if like Super Giants next game I like even better than this because I've liked every one of their games just in more as time has gone on. Uh, but the dialogue system is new in the way that it has to work with the way that this game plays, and it is unbelievable how it all fits together. It's like, it's all like random die rolls behind conditional triggers and like this crazy fractal nest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things where because we're so used to dialogue being like pre-recorded or scripted to an extent with defined triggers that you just assume that you're kind of on, you know, a, a, a train mm-hmm. moving through until you get to the end of the rails, but like being a roguelike where they can't guarantee how far you're going to get at any particular point, they, they the complexity of whether or not one character references prior things that you did has to be just absurd yeah and it's like there's already just like a lot of dialogue where like every time you get a boon you like the first time you get a boon on a run the god will pop up and say something to you and it's Mm -hmm. always different um at least for hundreds of hours yeah um and then but then it'll surprise you by having these like unique ones where like one time i was I had like Skelly's tooth equipped and uh, Hermes showed up and he commented on it. And I was like, well, that's cool that they can like recognize what items I have and stuff. Um, and there's the one where uh, Dionysus was like, you know, um, what's the Orpheus the... Orpheus. Yeah. He's like, you know, Orpheus, like, let's tell him we're the same person. Right. And like, that's a reference to like actual, uh, like the oral tradition of Greek mythology. Right. Where they're like Zag, they, people said that they were the same god and blah 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 yeah there's like a link between zagreus and dionysus i actually did so there's all these easter eggs and stuff yeah it's super good i do i want to just like jump in and do my bit here because i looked up a bunch of stuff about this game uh or not about the game at all about (laughs) i looked up a bunch of stuff about references to zagreus in greek mythology because it's i thought it was an original character when i started playing the game me too Um, me too but it is not. It's based on, on parts of, of, of the history. And there are a couple of points that I find funny. One, the one that you just brought up about how Zagreus and Dionysus have, like, they're kind of connected and, like, which one is which kind of depends on who's writing the stories. Um, and also, like, Zagreus isn't necessarily the son of Hades in the first place, or of Persephone for that matter. But, uh,. My favorite bit that I found out is that Zagreus apparently translates to, like, a trapper, like somebody who catches live animals, which I think plays into the reasoning why Artemis always shows sort of, like, an affection towards Zagreus, like, more so than any of the other gods, and it's because they, like, have, like, a a bond in hunting and shit, and that's part of the how clever this fucking writing is, because they both use the actual history and the natural relationships that they've set up and somehow have created a story that satisfies both sides of it. And I cannot believe that that's even possible. Um, as a child, one of my hyper fixations was on mythology, specifically Greek mm-hmm. mythology. So I specifically asked Chad, like, hey, am I going to bounce off this game really hard? Because I <laughs> knew that, like, there was a frustrating sort of element to it. And he's like, no, 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 I think you should give it a try. And the reason why it was on my radar is because I'm like, you know, let's see how well they they step to the myth. And um, I, I thought it was impressive, the references that they got, but also the things that they changed and updated. Because I think there's a lot of troubling and problematic things in Greek mythology that they were <laughs> able to really kind of cleverly subvert or alter 
like specifically Demeter insisting that she's Zeus's foster sister and Persephone's father now being a mortal and not Zeus, Zeus who is right. actually Demeter's brother and Hera not being in the game at all helps to sort of circumvent the fact that they're actually siblings and married and you know and then the whole mm-hmm. kind of um reimagining of the story behind how Persephone and Hades came to be together in the underworld you know so it mm-hmm. I think they did a really good job sort of staying true to the core mythology without uh necessarily sacrificing what Supergiant has continued to show is sort of a, uh, a sensitivity to things that are a little more sensitive. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that they kept it, yeah, on, like, exactly two layers of the family tree. <laughs> like, yeah. like, one collection of siblings and their kids yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And then everything else <laughs> yeah. is just not in It's so like, let's just not talk about Zeus that much, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because that gets messy. That's true. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and I also like that there are elements of it that they chose not to change. Like, they make explicit reference to the fact that, like, Persephone was essentially given to Hades, like, as a, as a human gift. Uh, and that is a traumatic thing and plays into Persephone's character and how the story sort of plays out once everything is revealed to everyone and how Zeus mums the word on all of that shit uh-huh. uh, when he's around the rest of the family. Um, and I think that that's like a really big part of, of sort of why the story works is like they trimmed out a lot of the unnecessary uh, horribleness <laughs> and kept in the necessary horribleness. So the story still has highs and lows. Right. I mean, and I think it's, Oh, I'm just going to say go far be it from me to take a sexual assault narrative from sexual assault survivors but the story of the Mm. rape of persephone is not great for persephone at all at any point from the title alone i would assume (laughs) yeah word to zero is already (laughs) bad for persephone but basically in in every iteration of the myth that i've read classically she is such a non-character in it it's just hades sees her is like i'm gonna kidnap her kidnaps her demeter's very upset goes to brother slash spouse Zeus and is like, you need to get our daughter back. He's like, mm, but how about we just let her stay with Hades? And then Demeter is like, I'm so upset. I'm going to freeze fucking everything. Then meanwhile, in the underworld, the one thing that Persephone knows is not to eat the pomegranate seeds. And she's like, well, how about I like eat six pomegranate seeds? So the one thing that she does in the narrative is either be a complete idiot or, like, mm-hmm. intentionally do it so she can stay down there, which is the interpretation that I prefer and that obviously Supergiant rolled with of being, like, the lesser of two evils. My mom needs to get off my back. I'll go hang out with the dead. That's preferable. Bad boy Hades. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in the original myth, it's constantly things happening to Persephone or her being an idiot, which is, like... It's not good for anyone. So much of Greek myth is just women being terrible and terrible things happening to women. So it's it's good, especially because Persephone has been kind of a symbol for a lot of people in recent years of someone who seizes opportunities to either leave abusive relationships or leave 
um, troubling parental-child relationships. And so it's good to see her actually have some agency while also maintaining a certain amount of the trauma that occurred to her. So I think that they really handled that with a lot of, of grace. And Persephone ends up being, spoiler alert, one of my favorite characters for mm -hmm. kind of like the complexity that they managed to fold into her character, both from what's original to the myth and both kind of a healthy interpretation of things with a more uh, modern-minded bent, if you will. Yeah. Like turning the pomegranate seeds into like a lie, like a white lie that she makes up for the sake of the family is such a great example of that. I love that kind of like almost like like cutesy twist to turn something that was intended as an, like kind of a tragic note in the stories into this little way that she maintains power is a too dramatic phrasing of it but the kind of things that you can imagine a dysfunctional family doing to each other in order to try and like keep things all right you know on the yeah. up and up for at least for the short foreseeable future of whatever greek timeline that this you know this game takes place in yeah and it's really clever that pomegranates are used as a power up mm -hmm. in the game so it's more like clever marrying of the concept with gameplay right and it's like implied that she's the one who introduced them to the underworld like in to some extent at least mm -hmm. uh so they they wrap everything sort of up with a nice little bow yeah and it's a really nice like um entry point like we were kind of talking that like games like this can be off-putting to people and like that was something that drew me in um was that like there's a familiarity because they're all like characters of greek myth right mm -hmm. like you probably at least know some of them mm -hmm. and it's cool to see like their interpretation and how they fold it all together so I, I think that's a big plus and it was probably like a fun challenge to write around for the writing team i would imagine well i mean that's part of of sort of what we're talking about where they kind of like lump everything in to to make the game both function like narratively and mechanically with the same elements because not only do they have to choose the gods that are going to be represented and how their personalities play into everything and what part of the story they're going to be a part of. Um, and then they also have to make sure that those gods have an, uh, an array of boons that they can give like fucking regular video game ass power ups that work with them thematically and can play into everything. And then they went as far as to make it so that all of them have to be able to tie into other people's stories and have something to say about one another when they mm -hmm. interact. Yeah, they link up like in ways like story-wise and mechanically. Right. It's layers on layers on layers. <laughs> of flavor. <laughs> yes. That's just really impressive. Yeah, I agree. The end. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Noclip this week. <laughs> Hey, you're We're driving the boat. Hot. I'm just here for the ride. Yeah, yeah, Karen. Yeah, Can we talk about how hot everyone is? Yes, uh, yes, yes, so this yes, game... yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this game introduced me to the phrase himbos. Uh, really? It is. It has been my like favorite. It's my word of 2020. I think like uh, official word of the year, mm -hmm. as endorsed by me, Chad Rutherford. Himbo. I can't believe uh, you, you didn't hear that... it from me, because I, I love a himbo. Who doesn't love well, a himbo? I mean, who doesn't love a himbo? I'm a giant himbo fan these days. Mm -hmm. 
But you uh, were in the middle so, of a sentence. Oh, no, so, I, I was so, not going to continue. So, I wanted you to talk about how much you love himbos forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, and not <laughs> just not just himbos, bisexual himbos. Zagreus, bisexual himbo icon. Hello. <laughs> Absolutely. He's just living this his frankly, truth. This is the most bisexual game ever made, I think. Just yes. on Just on objective terms. <laughs> Very, just, I mean, it's about the it's Sexually Greeks. open. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. yeah. That was my sister's first impression of this game when she started playing. It's like, wow, this game is so bi. And, but, and at the time, bi. she was only like four hours into it, and I was like, whew, it's going to get way more bi from here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who is explicitly bisexual in this game except for everyone? Explicitly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the fact that you can romance anybody kind of implies that everybody's just well, you sexually romance open. exactly three people. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And my first romance was uh, Dusa, and it was kind of an accident, but one I do not regret. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I, I actually did want to know who everyone was like, hmm... I want to give my nectar to you specifically. <laughs> and yeah, I who really you hit like, first? Yeah, I, just yeah, I really like Nyx's character design. Mm-hmm. Uh, Personality-wise, she's a little bit flat, but she's the knight incarnate, so I think that's thematic and appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, her whole family, I think, they, they did that sort of a thing with. Like, Thanatos is also very cold and distant because he is death. Mm-hmm. And Hypnos is always asleep and blah, blah, blah. And they played into those quirks in a really clever way that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I had to pick a waifu, it's probably Megara, because I like the bad girls. God, of I course. fucking knew it. Like, why did I even ask? <laughs> but I, I also kind of like Artemis, so... <laughs> if I had to pick one of the gods, right. I'd go mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. Don't no, Stop staring We're at me. We're waiting on you, JJ. Who is your favorite himbo? <sighs> Dionysus, I think. Hell Dionysus. yes! Dionysus is- yeah dionysus is pretty sexy yeah dio is my favorite god like from a uh holistic standpoint Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. i'm uh, personally i'm main uh uh blade riffs so like Ares is like the god that i i feel like i go to a lot Mm -hmm. and like zeus is like my mechanical god but we're talking art style (laughs) like dionysus is so well characterized like he looks really good his voice actor is really is does a great job of pulling off the like exactly what they wanted to characterize the god of wine as i think it just works out really well mm-hmm. titty out tunic short wine in hand in hand the best no i mean i got i gotta shout out my boy than because you know i love to collect moody fictional men they are my sons <laughs> they are my husbands they are my friends i can't stop myself i love I w- I would like you to describe to me what it is about Thanatos. This is going to be my most controversial take, by the way, Uh because the internet fucking loves Zagreus and Thanatos. Mm -hmm. I didn't even predict that there was going to be a romance line all the way up until I activated it with Thanatos. Like, nothing that he ever did to me came off as, like, the game is writing in a romantic relationship whatsoever we're not gay enough to pick up everything this <laughs> yeah, game is putting i think down. that's what it is yeah. it's like maybe like i'm not bi personally so i couldn't like identify what it was that than was laying down that i was supposed to be picking up mm-hmm. uh well but, I, yeah i don't know i don't think it's that hot of a take because i've seen a lot of people take issue with the fact that it's kind of 
an incestuous relationship, given the fact that for the beginning of their lives, they thought that they were half-brothers through Nyx. And Nyx mm. was his foster mother, but for a while there was the lie that she was his biological mother. So, um, I mean, I don't personally take issue with that, but I'm not obviously someone for whom that would be triggering. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, to me, it was more that they had, like, a best friendship growing up. And to me, I'm personally very fond of romances that begin as really close friendships. And between the three, um, Meg hates you because you don't take your job seriously enough and you threaten her position in the family. Dusa is, like, into you more as an idea because you're the prince of the realm and she, like, sees you almost as a celebrity. To me, Thanatos is more your equal and the person that kind of understands you best. So, um, between all three of them, like, when you first start the escapes, what drew me to him was Dusa was, like, sad that you weren't going to be around anymore, but mostly just ran away screaming and ascended to the ceiling. Um... Mm -hmm. Meg was pissed because she's like, why can't you just step up and do your job for your abusive dad, you motherfucker? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but Thanatos was more disappointed that you were leaving him and that he felt like, why am I not good enough for you? Why are we not good enough for you? It seemed like he was trying to get more at the issue of that and he had hurt feelings for things that were less... Zachary is shamey, in a way. <laughs> so to me, I was like, okay, Fan has his issues, he's kind of mad at me right now, but he is my bro, and I have, like, a sense that he's just hurting because of my decisions for personal reasons. Also- yeah, we, we can come to Than as we are, and he will accept us. Also, titty out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just true of, like, literally every- character Dude. in the whole game no, uh, a know? lot of them do have tunics that like fall off yeah they're yeah, I mean, like all the just, male that's characters what's in style at the yeah time. i mean the, the the diagonal cut i guess yeah. honestly is, is there anyone sashless no i just was gonna say extremely powerful feminist narrative every woman got their nipples covered every guy titties out well one nipple out <laughs> I, 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 equality Afro baby is literally not wearing clothing yeah. so but she's, but she's aphrodite well, yeah, in the in the illustration, if you're really imagining it, you know that like unless she has glued her hair to her breasts, that doesn't get us. <laughs> I there refuse. Forever. She is a god. I feel like she's she under... could probably will the hair the to hair be to stay there. in place. <laughs> I, I feel like it falls within her standard power set to have like perfect control over all interpersonal titillation in uh, all possible ways that could, that that could be affected. So I, I don't feel like it would even look like she's like controlling her hair with powers. The hair. Would would just always be there in a way that you know was actually preordained divinely <laughs> but, but never she so would never have to deign to actually control it it would just always be present right mm -hmm. or it could be static electricity <laughs> from, <laughs> from daddy zeus yeah yeah final, static shock son trying to trying to keep her covered up yeah. final note on thanatos he is kind of like a byronic-esque character which mm -hmm. women are continually fed by society to be like, this is hot, right? You like this. This is good. This is hot. I wrote a whole fucking thesis about it. If you really want to read it, I can just rewrite it. And instead of Fox Because <laughs> I lost it somewhere. Oh, no. But I mean, I wrote it about the X-Files and oh, Fox so you Mulder. you could write it about 
Thanatos. You could just control F. Mulder, Wynn. It would be baffling. Truly, why? Yeah. Why is Scully mentioned so many Zagreus times? Zagreus and Scully, <laughs> true power couple. Oh, Skelly. Okay. Oh, and right. Skelly. Except, except, really, if they made a spinoff of Hades that starred Zagreus and Thanatos in the FBI, I would watch that uh, every day of my life. All right, let's get I that die. animated series off the ground. Yeah. Make a pilot. Yep. One one little quip. One, one just slight nick of a nitpick uh-huh. with the art style. I don't feel like the one animated trailer that they have that is in the game fits the art style enough. It does feel like it was made out of house, mm-hmm. and then they just sent it in, and we're like, we'll use it. Yeah. Which is, they're very tiny people, all right? There's not many of them, True. and they're all super small. They're <laughs> That's just what I was so small. Yeah. I was like, they're a tiny team, but. They're like <laughs> they're all gnomes. They are like average. That's why they size, name themselves right? super giant because yeah. it's to compensate. It's aspirational yeah. for them. <laughs> yeah, it's how they feel. They us feel all. super giant. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they... uh, no, it it almost feels like um like promotional art for some things. Like you'll hire an out of house thing to just do like McDonald's will hire like some artists to do like these cool posters, you know, and they're right. like in the style of that artist and not at all like McDonald's branding. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like they were just like, hey, this animator, like animate a trailer and like, you know, and they did it in their own like way yeah. and style. And I mean, looking back at Supergiant's other games, they don't have animated cutscenes. Like that just isn't their shtick. They, they do static visual art really well. And that is kind of like what they do as a studio. So I'm not really surprised that the one piece of animated media that's like in the game is not the same. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just like not as cohesive mm-hmm. as y- you would usually like expect that sort of thing to be. And one thing, well, one gripe in uh-huh. this aesthetically beautiful and perfect little nugget. <laughs> was this, it had it was a different kind of beauty in there. Was yeah. Mixing my lilac with my... <laughs> Lavender. I don't want that. I do feel like I am biased because I like the game too much, potentially, to be like entirely uh, like objective about it. But like even graphically, I feel like this game looks really good, and they do such a good job with the like animation and stuff that even when something goes wrong in the game i'm like this is amazing this is my favorite glitch i've ever seen like you ever get hades to just sort of like become a static image and then he slides around when he's in a phase transition no chad i played the game for a reasonable amount of time (laughs) it's happened to me a couple of times and it's hysterical when it happens i'm like i love this game so much i'm like that's like technically a mistake (laughs) but i can't like see it as such break is it that time already? It's like 40-something minutes. It seems like that time. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about... The mechanics. After the break. After the break. <laughs> what order were those words supposed <laughs> to be in? I don't know. After the break. Welcome back. Uh, we left off sort of talking about, like, characters and story and shit, and when we were talking about 
what we were talking about in the middle of the break that you didn't hear. Uh, we brought up Orpheus and Eurydice. Um, and we can talk about like Eurydice and her mechanical implementation at some point, but they are the the musical core of this game. And I think that the music in this game is so good, so very good. Uh, and the the songs that have lyrics are shockingly like moving and like really just like genuinely great tracks. Yeah, like in my mind, Supergiant's whole thing is visuals and music. Mm-hmm. It's like their yin and yang or whatever, their chocolate and peanut butter. Um, and in this game's no exception. Like the the soundtrack is great, and I love that they keep recasting the same two uh, voice talents to do the musical characters. Right. Like uh, they're the leads in Transistor and uh, in Pyre. They're like the two. I don't remember what those characters are called. The wandering minstrel. And, and yeah, and the other woman. Is, yeah. yeah. Ashley but, uh, Barrett. Yeah, I just. Darren Korb, who is also Darren, the right. composer. And Zag. And Hades. No, yeah. not no, he's Hades. not. Hades is Logan. Skelly. Logan's, he's he's Lo- Skelly, too. Yeah, right? Darren yeah. Korb is, is Skelly. Skelly. Yeah. Yeah. And Logan Cunningham plays Hades. Right. And also, like, seven, seven. other characters. Yeah. Uh,. Yeah, so they even have like kind of a tight voice cast that does all the same stuff. But but yeah, big shout outs to Darren Corb for basically fucking obliterating every song and also my ears in <laughs> in the Hades boss fight theme, which is the most metal thing ever written. I don't know how he made his voice do some of the things that it does. I actually don't think that or unless I'm wrong, did you look up the voice cast, which is why you're giving names? Because yes. I, I don't know if he plays Orpheus when he's speaking or if it's just in the singing. Yeah, I yes, think I think one? I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, I think he, he sings the Orpheus tracks, but Orpheus is voiced by a different person. I, it's not even a matter of like how he changed his voice from a default so much. I don't know how you make a human voice sound like the way that 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 voice sounds in like don't look back mm-hmm. like that's just it's a level of of like melodic screech that it just does not sound human to me there's anymore. a lot it's, of like it's called a falsetto <laughs> is it now it's a thing oh. uh-huh i actually uh dated an opera singer briefly when i was <laughs> Believe it or not, and uh, got to hang out with a lot of people who were very good at singing. Uh-huh. I feel like that's a flex in like very specific circles. In, like, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there were, but yeah, like people could do like really just truly amazing things with the human voice that I do not understand. Yeah. Obviously, none of it brushed yeah. off on me. <laughs> yeah, but um, there's also like post like editing effects and things you can put on voices and stuff mm-hmm. so it might not be all natural he could be one of those fakers yeah what a faker what a talentless hat <laughs> we've 180 cancel Darren Corp we hate him oh Christ um but yeah uh I would I, I mean yeah I wanted to shout out the music I wanted to and talk the- about how good they did with Yes, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the voice talent, generally. Yeah. Like, even knowing and looking up, I mean, I saw it briefly in the end credits after, you know, 
the the post the pre post game that is actually most of the game um, mm-hmm. when they run I'm, I'm like trying to frantically read like which person voice which people plural because most people had multiple characters which is I wish I had that talent that that is a talent <laughs> that if a genie was like hey what do you want I'm like yeah can I just like be able to change my voice and completely encapsulate very different diverse sets of characters. For money yeah I, like i i know and they're really committed to using the same people as well like the people who are on their team uh and like i i like that dedication like the, i know that, uh the actress who does aphrodite and dusa in this game played tizo in pyre whose entire like repertoire of of voice lines were just like various like tweets and screeches like that was it was mostly a bird performance <laughs> and it was really it's really interesting to like see that same talent being like transferred up and now given like two pretty lengthy roles in this game uh with lots of dialogue and a lot of different sort of inflection like there's obviously a ton of talent in the team that they have mm-hmm. uh that's it I want, to, I want to talk about hitting things with swords and, and arrows and shit <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, real bad. What weapons did you all like a lot? Bow. 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 E. <laughs> yeah, the bow was... You lie, though, now, because the I bow, know that it isn't. The bow was my first weapon that I liked, mm-hmm. um, and it is one of the three that I've beaten the game with, but my, my true love is the the fists, the twin fists. Melthon. Um, yeah, Malthon. D's nuts. Exactly. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> idiot behavior. Yeah, he, he made that joke before off the cast where I would have laughed harder at it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was mostly for you, Janelle. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and the audience. But so yeah, you, Janelle. I, I, um, n- uh, people who aren't strangers to the podcast know that I like melee combat a lot mm-hmm. over range and the fists here did not disappoint. I like being able to like get up real close and like kind of stun lock enemies and shit. Mm-hmm. So like that is what I gravitated to like immediately upon unlocking those. I know that this is also probably not surprising, but I'm a pretty firm believer in the variety is the spice of life mentality. And basically my actual like choice for, I think that this, they did such a good job of like balancing the weapons together that my actual answer to this question is just not the spear. Like everything else I feel like I enjoy a lot and spear, I only ever use Achilles aspect because, and then I just play a cast build. Like I don't use the spears attack ever. Uh, but I do want to shout out uh, Lucifer. Aspect of Lucifer is probably my favorite overall design. What a bizarre thing that they did. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. What does that do? Janelle was like, oh, yeah. had a pin in the in the conversation. And, no, I was, I was just gonna say it's interesting. Because I also didn't like the spear, I didn't gravitate towards it, but because Mm -hmm. the game rewards you with extra darkness if you choose, like, whatever the pre-assigned weapon is, I was like, ugh, fine, I guess I'll use the spear, and it was the second weapon that I ever escaped with, bow Mm -hmm. being first, and so I'm like, huh, like, I don't, still don't love it, I just think it's interesting Mm -hmm. that the game does reward you for 
doing things and making builds, whether it's finding or choosing boons that you never used before because it fulfills like what the fates predicted you would do and so you get a reward for that you know it it, the game knows that if i had my way i would just choose the bow every time because i think okay i've escaped with this before so let's do what worked again but they're like "Mm, how about you use a spear and see what happens and i'm like okay fine and then it ends up working out and i'm like god damn it game yeah yeah that's uh the the dark thirst mechanic where like the weapon that is glowing gets you a little bit more uh of like the meta currency reward i think is really good especially for somebody like me to prevent me from settling into ruts where i now feel like there's an extra incentive to pull me into doing something else and i basically did that like i took whatever weapon was i'd been calling it thirsted but like in <laughs> retrospect that's a really bad way of saying it the game is uh, so <laughs> horny that you just were like these weapons are thirsty too yeah, yeah. it's because the game uh you know mm-hmm. is very uh bisexual that's true it's pansexual yeah there you go i'm bosexual uh <laughs> But yeah, so like it would, I would just take whatever weapon was thirsted at the time, uh, all the way up until I'd completed twenty heat with one of them, and at that point I just started picking other things. Um, Though, so bow was the first weapon that I cleared the game with, uh, and then like rail was the first. It was the the weapon that I cleared thirty two heat with. So like I definitely experimented with everything and sort of found my favorites and like. Yes, I like Lucifer, and I like Beowulf a lot, um, the shield aspect. Um, but Bo is, is, feels mechanically really good to use, and it has, I, in my opinion, like the most diverse set of aspects. So it never feels like you're doing the same bow run twice. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really curious about this. Did you ever run out of things to spend the meta currencies on? Did you hit that point? Uh, well, no, not technically. Well, but I, like, I know, but effectively. Like, okay, because so you you bought all of the things uh, in the actual house shop. You upgraded both sides of the mirror to full. Okay, I I have fully upgraded all aspects, and uh, yes, upgraded everything in the mirror. I have like six more things to buy in the great hall and i have two more of the themes or three more themes oh my god the fact that you are still getting through the themes yeah the darkness one is going to take a million billion years it's like twenty five thousand darkness for it mm-hmm. and like i i did i bought one rank like i'm alpha warden from the resource director guy um so that sent me back a cool thousand a cool g of darkness <laughs> uh <laughs> uh going toward that but yeah i've i've spent like i have no use for titan's blood or uh diamonds or ambrosia anymore so it's it's purely just like darkness and gemstones are you best friends with think- everyone I am best friend. Everyone is maxed out, and Good. my codex is not complete. I actually still have one undiscovered. I have never caught the rare fish in chaos. Yeah, I did so hard. <laughs> I got, I actually I got that one. I I did, I did a run because occasionally I'll get annoyed with the currencies and stuff. Where I was like, all right, I I'm accepting this as a loss on high heat, but I'm I'm going to try it anyway. And my whole goal is like poseidon currency run yep i want darkness i want fish mm-hmm. i want to be an anglin master <laughs> and it turns out you can do 
you can angle your runs more towards those kind of benefits than you would expect. I made like literally 10 times the amount of darkness I normally would by one of these dedicated runs, and I thought that I was only going to make like a little bit more. Right. It's great. Yeah, and like you can sort of force it with Chaos Gates and taking the Eclipse Boons to like further amplify the amount of darkness and gemstones you're getting. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're good. It's just, the problem with them is that they're like, once you've gotten far enough into the game where doing a run on zero heat isn't a challenge anymore, then it is, it just isn't as fun. Mm -hmm. So it does feel like grinding. It feels like work. And so I've generally tried to avoid it, but I've done it a couple of times just to like hit those thresholds. Like See, I really like. want to get the next thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like one more build kind of from the game's perspective, the yeah. fishing build. Yes. The fish <laughs> build. <laughs> Uh, I do love that they force you to take the fish legendary once. Like, I don't know when it happens or what the triggers are, but, like, there's a run that will happen in the game where Poseidon is the first god you see, and he's just like, hey, bud, here's the fishing legendary that makes fish more common. And it's like, there's no point to it. It just starts you with it and is like, go for it. This is what you're doing this run. Mm -hmm. uh, so I always li I like... I like when the game takes the reins unexpectedly. Like, I like the fact that on your 10th run through, uh, Hades doesn't fight you. Even though, like, it's always, it's like a bit of an anti-climax, it also feels really good when you get to the end and get the credits. So, those little, like, the breaks in what the expected thing is are what I live for, like, during the, the progression through yeah, this game. And those are, like, sprinkled in, I think, a nice amount, like, on your first 10 mm -hmm. escapes. Uh, yeah, the yeah the first ten is like, that's the game. I think yeah. for most people, finishing the game once is satisfying, and getting to the credits after ten is like when most people I think reasonably should put the game. Down. Yeah, like that feels like it's like the campaign mm -hmm. air quotes, and then the rest is just gravy. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. but delicious gravy. Oh yeah, the Sumptuous best gravy. Like gravy. I want to. I want to be best friends with everybody. Like I'm gonna keep playing. I mm -hmm. did. I didn't play it as much as Chatter JJ, but for me, yeah, I guess That's true. Yeah, this was me building up the game a little bit more because it was such a fantastic game that I assumed that it had no limits. Even you know, <laughs> 70 hours into the experience, clearly only designed to explore mm -hmm. 30 or 40 admirably. But I was like. Do all of the gods have three D models that I haven't seen yet? <laughs> so, as, as soon as like the you know the Persephone party was made the next like post game goal, I I was like, oh my god, am I gonna invite these gods here one at a time and see them in their three D modeled glory? Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, did not transpire unfortunately. But that's okay. They had they did enough. Yeah, yeah, that would be like the one thing I would want like a DLC of is them to put all the gods in the game as like boss fights. I would want DLC of literally anything. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like I adding think, yeah. more fish to the game. I'd be like, <laughs> "Fuck yes, yeah, but... this is a good month for fish." <laughs> um, was yeah. was Demeter a later edition? I feel like I read yes. that somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I feel like it's possible. Like she feels so integral to the story yeah. that, like, I feel like they could very easily if if they wanted to. Are you listening, Supergiant? Uh, if you want to, you know, to fold a couple, someone did on Reddit, uh, like a mock-up of Eros being a new boon giver in the game, Eros being the son of, uh, Aphrodite and Ares, and they had like a mock-up of some example boons, and I'm like, oh, I want it, I want that, <laughs> like, so I feel yeah. like they could very organically 
fold in some more gods and goddesses. I would oppose Eros only because I feel like we cannot have any more gods with names that start with an A. <laughs> There's so e. fucking many of them. E. Oh, it's an E? Yeah. Oh, we're Perfect. solid. We're Perfect. good. Yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah like, it, it seems like it lends itself really well to DLC, but like I don't know... It's not their style. Yeah, if yeah. Supergiant would want to do that. That's the reason that they were in, you know, like that, that beta for so long, so that they could they wouldn't have to make it, you know, minimal changes. They're more the kind of studio that tries to create their own little defined diamond and let it sit. Mm-hmm. So it will merely be a dream of ours, most likely. Unless yeah, they're listening. Are you listening, <laughs> Supergiant? We love you. Also, actually, real quick, is Eris different than Eris? Yes. Are those two different things? Eris okay. is the goddess of strife. They changed uh, it to to Aerith in the in the translation. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, when right. they brought it into Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, <laughs> I want them to I want them to add Hephaestus in because that's one <laughs> Greek god that I did some research on for personal reasons and was sad that the hammers are not Hephaestus's hammers. Oh right. Well, yeah. they they are his hammers, but. Right, you just but don't see him. The, yeah, mm. he's not referenced. Which yeah, he is. Sad. He is. They specific. Is they uh, specifically say, or or is it Daedalus? It's Daedalus. It's Daedalus. Daedalus yeah. That's the one. I think they do mention him in the Probably. game at some point. The There's billions yeah. of lines of dialogue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Several gigs of text. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a lot going. Several on. Several G's. <laughs> of darkness. Of darkness. Uh, but uh, one thing that you guys were talking about were the um, the different aspects for the weapons. Mm-hmm. And having only played like 35 to 40-ish hours of this, I didn't unlock very many. Um, and the ones that I did, I found that I liked less than Aspect of Zagreus. So right. like, I didn't really get to experience that part of the game as much. I think, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk for a bit here. So uh-huh. anyone can just feel free to interrupt me at any point. I'm just going to uh, sit back and relax. <laughs> I think that the, because what I'm going to talk about here is the core mechanical loop of the game and why I think it is so genius. Um, and the what the aspects do to, to play into it is the aspects by default, I think generally will feel worse when you first start using them. But when you start treating the aspects as like built-in boons like uh, or built-in dayless hammers, however you want to look at it, it's a way to sort of like specialize a build. And so... A lot of this game for me was experimentation. It was like, what if I take this and that and try and mash them together? Like, does this synergize well with this other thing? Do I like... I've tried, like... At this point, like, it's rare to find, like, something that I just didn't even think of doing. Like, I've tried Aspect of Talos plus Poseidon Special to pull enemies in and then immediately knock them back away (laughs) just to see if that did anything? Mm -hmm. The answer is no. It's terrible. Don't do it. (laughs) But I've tried it because I tried, like, in my mind, like, functionally everything else, and I just wanted to keep experimenting with new things. Uh, So... Yeah, like, there are a lot of aspects, and a lot of them require pretty dramatic shifts in how you play. Like, I was talking about how um, I think uh, Lucifer is, like, my favorite aspect in the game, uh, which is a an aspect for the gun that makes it shoot a laser beam and a little pulsing weird bomb thing that you can blow up or enemies can blow up by attacking it and it actually despite that bizarre description doesn't really play that differently from a lot of the other gun aspects 
Um, so it ends up not even really falling into the same category. But then you have things like Aspect of Hera on the bow, which really focuses, or Beowulf for that matter, on the shield, which focuses the, the build more around the cast uh, than it does around everything else. Um, other aspects like Achilles and Poseidon are also cast centric, but you can use casts that don't work well with the ones where you load them into the weapon. So there's a lot to choose from and a lot to do. And so a lot of the fun that I had was like, I would go through win or die and then come back and be like, all right, totally different thing. Like I wouldn't try the same thing more than once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I only like fully upgraded the first like aspect on the bow, the sword and the fists, then unlocked the second one on the, sword and the fists and didn't really care for either of them that much what's the second oh it's nemesis yeah nemesis i didn't really like i don't like nemesis on the sword because i don't really like playing the sword that much and nemesis to me was just like the sword with extra steps (laughs) it made the dash go further and that really like fucked with me (laughs) but uh yeah uh so another thing that i think we can talk about mechanically is uh which gods you guys favored, like, mechanically, if any? Like, what boons did you like? We'll get it out of the way. Athena Dash, obviously. Yeah, yeah Dash, it's the best good. move in the game. Needs no, needs no conversation. Well, I will argue that Blade Dash is <laughs> I hate you, Chad. I refuse to respond to this blatant attempt at baiting me into mm. nonsense. Blade Rifts are just real good. Mm-hmm. Blade... I, I also like Blade Rifts. They're pretty good. <laughs> Blade, it's because he lives, I've like poisoned his mind. Uh... I mean, I don't live with you, and I love Blade Rifts. Beyblade, Blade, let him rift. God damn it. <laughs> uh, but no, I do agree, generally speaking, Divine Dash is like, probably like it is the crutch of crutches mm-hmm. for this game. Like, yeah. It feels naked to play without it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These oof. Aphrodite probably is my like if I if I had to pick one god only to for guaranteed boons, mm-hmm. hot like high percents built-in condition lets me fuck up a little bit and still be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Really really weird high tier synergy boons. I think that is the thing that holds Aphrodite back for me from a mechanical standpoint is that I don't really like the like the the second tier boons like uh i like empty inside because i'm often using aphrodite in order to keep privilege status active mm-hmm. but i think that most of her other boons like don't really do it for me and i hate her call so much uh it's a weird call though it's a super weird call I like weird call yep i didn't really like aphrodite early on but started to come around to her mm-hmm. uh the further i went like, i really like um her special whatever that one's called heartbreak floor yeah i I will be able to rattle these off but it's so unnecessary (laughs) yeah like i like being able to just like throw a week onto something but like i agree i don't really like her second tier stuff yeah uh Uh, for me oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say the run that i'm most proud of um i picked up demeter's boon on the cast where i'm sure you'll know the name but where it it drops the crystal and it turns it into like an ice beam. Yeah, crystal beam. Okay. The meme beam. The meme beam. beam. But and then I was able to like palm it up to the highest power and then I added the modifications of turning them into like seeking lasers and the crystals returned to you automatically. 
So I, uh, okay. so fighting Hades, I would just hide behind the pillar, pop out, fire off my three casts, run back out behind the pillar. <laughs> He'd get fucking blasted, and then they'd oh, yeah. return to me behind the pillar, and then rinse and repeat. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, by the Good end, I was just like, I was just like, eat my shit, dad. <laughs> and like that was the easiest run against Hades mm-hmm. I've had. Like I didn't lose a death defiance against him on that one. And I was like. Hot diggity. Thank you, Demeter. So, <laughs> honorable mention to Demeter. Yeah, thanks, oh, yeah. Grandma. Yeah, my favorite... Yeah. I So, the god that I take the most often, I would say, just, like, statistically speaking, is Zeus. I think that Zeus's boons are great, and all of his boons work well with themselves. So, like, building just a big stack of Zeus. Like, I think there's, like, one in every six times that I take a Zeus boon... I don't get the legendary, like, because I just will always go after more Zeus once I have, like, any of it. And so, like, that is probably, like, statistically speaking, the one that I've had the most success with. But I've taken Artemis's keepsake so many fucking times in Asphodel because I will... Watch your mouth. Watch my mouth. Because I will pick up uh, Blade Rifts or uh, Crystal Beam, and those just, like, don't function as well mm-hmm. without the duo. And so I'll just be like... I'll be doing something totally different and then get handed a slicing shot and be like, I guess I could go for it, right? (laughs) (laughs) And it just always feels good to do. And then she also has uh, Mirage Shot, her duo with Poseidon, uh, which and her legendary, which I never get when I want to because I've already stacked like a million different things. But... uh, that both also help cast builds because Mirage Shot gives you an extra projectile, which is fucking stupid with Crystal Beam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, her legendary just gives you two bonus casts. And so, like, yeah, I take all these, like, I'll, I have all the grandest plans, but then I always just end up taking uh, Artemis in, like, the second or third biome every time. It's weird. Yeah, the, the real answer for me is probably Athena, because I, I think it's pretty common for people to do, but I favored her early, because mm-hmm. she's defensive. But then I just kind of started to think of her abilities as, like, defaults. And then, like, the in my mind, the one I like the best is Ares, because like, I really like Doom as an effect, and I like all the things, the boons he has to scale that up. Mm-hmm. But early on, I really favored Dionysus, because I really like uh, Hangover as an effect as well. Yeah. So, like, I kind of just, like, switched out Dionysus for Ares, like, <laughs> ideally. And I like their duo boon a lot, Ares and... Yeah. Uh, or and uh, Athena. Athena, yeah. Yeah. I w- what I want to talk about is Hades. Actually, I want to talk about the bosses, um, because I think that they are all flawlessly designed. Uh, I think that they are for this type of game. I think that the bosses in the game are very well suited for it. Because every one of them felt like a brick wall I would never surpass when I first got there. Really? And I think that that's, like, maybe not Meg, but, like, even Meg, though. Like, I think the first time I got there and then, like, eventually got over it, I was like, I wonder if this is one of those games where I can, like, skip it and go to the (laughs) second level. And then I didn't, I realized that I couldn't, but then you just start winning. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, wow. That, I don't know why I thought that was so hard before. And then you get to the Hydra and you're like, ah, oh, who could even, why would they even design something this hard? This is impossible. <laughs> I was, the Hydra is always for me, among the bosses, 
been kind of like the weak sauce boss. <laughs> the first time I ever got to ask, well, not the first time, but the, after the first time I got to him, I beat him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that made, it's always made Asphodel in, in retrospect, always seem like a, like a, a quaint cute hell to me in a way that's, <laughs> that's probably unfair given all of the zombies and flames and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I, I mean, they're still very good bosses. They kind of have to be given the number of repetitions that you're going to go through them. Right. Yeah. And even then, uh, you know, they, they recognize that they need variation uh, in, in the form of the heat power-ups after you get late game. And those forms are very fun and, and just interesting. You can tell that they there was a lot of time between when the bosses were finalized and when those heat variants were created. Right. So that they knew what would be an in, a truly interesting variation on the base design and implemented on that. Yeah. I know Extreme Measures 4 didn't actually come until... I think 1.0. I think that the one that released just in in, at the end of 2020 is the the first time that Extreme Measure 4 was added, and that really does change sort of... I I mean, I think Hades is a fantastic boss fight, like just like throughout. Like I think the whole thing is really well designed because it's one of those things where by the time you get to Hades, the game has no idea what you are going to have access to. But whatever it is that you have access to, it's the best version of that that you can at that point in the run. Like, you can't get better after Hades. It's the the final test. And so they design a boss that is a big health pool, fast but predictable movement, and also spawns additional enemies. So if you have abilities that require you to hit other enemies, it still works with Hades. And then his second phase, where he doesn't spawn them, has a lower health pool, so it's easier to, like, focus him down, even if you have a build like that. So, I think that there's there was a lot of thought put into how to make Hades work under, like, any circumstances, and I have yet to find one where I was like, wow, this fight was way too easy, or wow, this fight just felt unwinnable to me. Like, it always feels like there's a chance, at least. <laughs> I mean, except for, of course, the god build of Crystal Beam plus uh, Glacial Glare plus uh, Crystal Clarity, then nothing can stop you. Not even God himself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on all of the bosses but when you first said that i thought you also meant like all like the mini bosses like the doors with skulls on them and i was like (laughs) well i don't think i agree with that um (laughs) but uh what do you think of those as a thing for the most part because like there were encounters like that that i like i didn't really notice the skulls at first Mm -hmm. and there would be certain encounters where like with certain weapons they felt like nothing and then with a different weapon it was like oh my god like why is this so hard this time like those felt like they fluctuated pretty wildly to me like um like the medusa head or the gorgon rather Mm -hmm. uh and that has the big falling rock man Mm -hmm. uh as well like that feels like tissue paper with the fists to me and then i tried it with the bow and i'm like oh jesus like i I keep getting hit by the rocks yeah how do i hit anything yeah (laughs) i don't like so those were a lot more like variable whereas i do think i agree with like the main bosses they all feel like they really balance them out to like work with all the weapons Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that like a lot of the mini bosses especially are uh really dependent on not only what weapon you have, but sort of, like, how you're choosing to build. And also the aspects, too. Like, 
playing against uh depending on how you're building i guess like playing against the sneak who is such a dastardly enemy that it took two death defiances off of me the first time I ran into it. I remember like, gee, what the, what is this, what is this god boss doing in fucking Tartarus? All five of his health is wrecking you, yeah. <laughs> and then like when I finally got sort of like used to it, obviously he's not as much of a problem anymore. Uh, but like, he still sucks to fight when you're using like Arthur. Because it's just, like, so slow, you have to just predict where he is or just dodge, which I'm not going to do. That takes a long time, and I don't take a long time to do stuff. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it is, it's, they're, they're very variable, and I like that there's a, a chance to get different ones, like, in each run. I think Asphodel has, like, four different mini-bosses you can get, which is a crazy high number compared to all the other ones. Um... And so, yeah, I don't know. I like how they're incentivized to take, but you can also most of the time skip them uh, yeah. in, in most biomes by just avoiding the door. Um, but you want to take it because, like, the boon that you get from them is going to be a higher rarity. Uh, so, like, there's there's a push and pull, and so I like that. I like it as a choice more than I like most of their designs individually. Yeah, and that's another good thing is, like, um, the way the rooms are set up uh, as you're escaping the underworld, it's like you finish a room, you get whatever reward, and then you have to, most of the time, make a choice between two rooms. Mm -hmm. And I really like how that always feels like a meaningful choice, you know, like pretty much always, yeah. uh, depending on like what your situation is. Um, and I just think that's really, like once again, like we keep saying this game's balanced really well. And I think that is another way that it's like impressively balanced is like every time I get to one, I'll sit there and I'll make Zagreus run back and forth while I pick which one I'm going to do. And mm -hmm. it maintained that all the way through the game. Yeah. I, I think going from this game to other roguelikes where the power-ups are like actually random makes the importance of choice in this game feel so much more like of a core design aspect than I would have guessed, I think, going in. Like, I went from this game and went back and played Binding of Isaac recently, and you have, like, zero idea what you're going to get in Binding of Isaac ever. Like, you just are given... Like, there are rooms that offer choices, but those are random as well when you're going to find them. So you end up with this situation where you're just like, I'm not going for a build, I'm going for whatever I'm given and trying to make it work. And so there's like, there's a, there's something fun about that. Like I won't, I'm not saying that's a bad design, but it's so core. The choice is so core to Hades. You have abilities that let you change what choices you're getting. And you have choices between what rewards you're going to get. And once you get those rewards, you have choices of what you're going to pick from them. So it's, there's a lot of player agency in the game, and I think that's a big important part of why it's fun. Yeah, it, it feels like they really made the most of the early access time, because it's like, literally every moment feels like engaging, uh, like even move it, like picking which room you're going to go to next after you've already done all the bombastic combat stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um you know, like all like all the moves always feel useful. Like you're always like there's never like a this is the easy thing, so I'm just gonna spam this. Like you're using your attack, your special. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like for me early on, I ignored like the cast, but like I 
eventually learned that that's also useful and i started using that too and like the the calls or like the aids or whatever they're called yeah um you know like it's all good and um it's so it's it just increases the engagement the better you get at it because you're like utilizing your whole like tool set yeah all the time I like when you're in the middle of a, like, you choose a door, and you're like, all right, I'm going for, like, I'll I'll take this one, because Hermes is on it. And the whole time that you're fighting, you're thinking about what Hermes boon you want to show up, and you're like, do I roll for this? Like, do I have enough, like, dice to to be worth, like, I really want rush delivery or whatever? And, like, in the middle of that, you're still, like, fighting skeletons, and you're like, ah! But in, in your head, that's not, you're not thinking about the skeletons. You're fighting. You're thinking about how much damage you could be doing or whatever. <laughs> like, I like that, like, the the fact that the choice is, is there and present, and you know about it before you even get yeah. to it. I have to say, my brain doesn't work like that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that that's there for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It makes me feel very smart. Help you shave a few seconds off the next <laughs> choice you have to make before you make it. Like and five minutes per biome is no joke. I gotta make sure that I'm doing shit as fast as I can. Fair. Well, do we have faded thoughts? Are we there already? I, everyone else just kind of looked blankly at the wall. So. Oh no! I was just you were on it tear my dude so i was just sitting back and letting it happen we literally just equaled the time between it's a weirdly symmetrical episode i wanted to talk about how like i I watched chad play this game a bunch uh because he did nothing else for like two months except play this um i apologize to all of the other games that we (laughs) talked about during that time um i watched him play it a lot but it was only after he had rolled the credits, I think. Cause, like, I never saw him escape the underworld and not just have a silly mm-hmm. text description of how he died. Yeah. So, like, when I first escaped and I, like, walked out and, like, ran through uh, Greece as it comes up on the screen, like, it was, like, took me by surprise. And, like, I really, really love that cap on the end where you actually escape and you get to Persephone's garden and it looks completely different uh, than how the underworld looks. It looks more organic and everything. I just think that's such a cool like release and like narrative thing that I find myself really missing after beating the game. Like mm-hmm. uh, I, I kind of wish that there, I don't know. I don't know what I want, but like, I feel like I just want more of that in some way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Persephone specifically says, when you escape, I want you to go to my cottage and, like, make sure my garden looks good and, like, everything's there and looks fine. And so I was like, oh, hell yeah. Next time I escape, I get to have, like, a little gardening simulator. That's great. And when I didn't get that, I must say, pretty fucking disappointed. Why can't I go, like, water her rutabagas? Or, like, check on her sunflowers. Like, just, like, it could be, like, another little mini, like, you can check on something and, like, okay, you can accomplish one task at a time before you die. Or, like, every five (laughs) escapes, weeds grow back. And Zagreus makes a comment of, like, ah, weeds. Fucking weeds. Or whatever. Uh, Like, 
Mm-hmm. Super giant Greg, come back here. <laughs> you don't get to leave after the last time. This is the real DLC we want. Mr. Giant in farming every time. Yeah, like I really think that would be a good idea. Yeah. Like some kind of little like reward or like a little thing you get to do. Because like you already you upgrade the House of Hades mm-hmm. and make that aesthetically pleasing, and there are going to be people who play long enough to get all that stuff give the player like a second thing that they can like make pretty and do stuff with. Think of how good Harvest Moon would be if you, every time you loaded the game up, you had like two real life minutes before your character died and you just had to <laughs> you had to make things as pretty and clean as you possibly oh, I could. I love that. You just have like a timer. Uh-huh. You can only get there when you have tight deadline on and you just have <laughs> however much time is left on the timer <laughs> when you get to the top before you just die. Like, okay. This is great. Yeah, got it. Like, Gotta plant some eggplants. Oh, yeah. I think glad I got that done. <laughs> yeah, taken by the sticks. <laughs> yeah, So yeah, definitely add in a farming simulator. Uh-huh. But like, I think a better way to describe like the feeling that I have is like the game is about like pushing that little bit further each time you you try to escape, and like you when you get to Perfe- per, uh, Persephone's Professor Persephone. Professor Persephone's cottage. <laughs> you want to go a little bit further. You know, like, I always wanted to see what was past it. And, like, I almost wish they put in enough, like, you could get to, like, Mount Olympus or, like, you know, like, obviously, like, that's pie-in-the-sky extra stuff. Jinx. That's weird. Um, I don't think I've ever said that phrase, so... <laughs> we're, on a, we're on the same wavelength. I mean, yeah. listen, but, we, uh, already, we already have Mr. Giant, Mr. Supergiant on the phone. Yeah. Uh-huh. We might I as mean, well give that him would be, That would be ten cherries on top of each other to get that much extra, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know. It just makes my mind go there. Like, I, it's how much I like the game. I just want there to be more of it. I right, want there to yeah. be more new stuff. You got to accept it's, it's yeah. got to be over. Your like, t- this time yeah. in your life is coming to a close. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm rocketing towards the grave. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's your episode title. It's perfect. <laughs> but, um, uh, I, I lost it. It probably wasn't that important anyway. I'm going to be cool dead to shortly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want this to be too aspirational, but I do agree. Like, I, I feel like the game, the game leaves you wanting more in what is a positive way. I think. Mm-hmm. I think that the game has this cycle when you're playing it, and maybe this is just me because I'm a compulsive like lunatic. But like, you get to you finish a run, uh, and then you get dumped off back at the house, and then you talk to all the people, and then you, you, one of the people that you're going to talk to is Skelly. Which means you have to go through your room, and you're like, well, I'm here. I'll check the mirror and see if I can upgrade anything. Uh, check the faded list, make sure that I'm making good progress on the things that I want. What do I want to take next time? You're like, ah, you know, I am like, I got like two more Dionysus boons before I can collect on that reward. So you go in, talk to Skelly, and you're like, what would be a cool weapon to use with Dionysus? Because I'm trying to get that one boon. It's like, well, I'll take the bow this time. So you pick it up, and you're like, I'll put the Dionysus thing on so the next time that I boot up the game i can just all right so i'm on room three now uh is can i stop here or should i just finish the run like that's how the the loop went for me like i would just get sucked into the next run yep. and it was just a never ending yeah like we talked about this uh with persona 5 mm. like you'd get back to the the room and you'd like do a few things and then you would just go to bed and be like oh shit that starts the next day right might as well just play the next day <laughs> uh like 
Hades does a similar thing. Like, as you said, you go into the room to check the stuff, and then you go into the room with Skelly, and you're already there, so you just pick all your stuff, and then you just start another one. Like, yep. it, like, it's almost like it baits you into getting into a point <laughs> where it's really easy to just keep going. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty remarkable that we talked for this long and managed to ignore the elephant in the room. And by the elephant, I mean the giant humanoid that is Hades. <laughs> and and specifically his relationship with Zagreus, whom he only refers to as boy. Good. Excellent. Excellent choice. Here, boy. Just like Kratos. Like he talks to Cerberus. <laughs> Literally views his son like a dog or like a possession. A, an abusive dad. Like, the whole point of the game is you trying to escape an abusive parent and i was they... so caught off guard by the by the sad hades when it when that when that portrait finally showed up the idea of, of that that hulking being of abuse and power like having emotions that was right. bizarre well i think it did the game did a good job of showing that people who cause damage to others tend to be damaged themselves and that it's not an excuse for behavior but it is an explanation and that you know relationships are complicated and that forgiveness can be conditional even for family um i was genuinely devastated the first time that you escape and you learn that you can't live outside of the underworld I'm like he Aww. can like he can never get away from his dad like mm-hmm. and you know that it's kind of a, a it's it's a good thing that in the end Hades is like hey here are my failings I recognize this I'm gonna do better I'm sorry because I'm like thank God because otherwise Zagreus is gonna be bebopping around Asphodel forever <laughs> trying to stay away from his dad who uh only looks on him as a failure because he's not this exact, perfect, aspirational, impossible-to-achieve son. Um, so I think... Well, that's kind of one of the main themes that they were trying to push with their retelling of Greek myth, right? Like, there is no escape refers to a lot of things in the game, including your inability to escape your past and family, no matter how very desperately <laughs> you, you may claw out of hell to try and escape them. Well, because it works on several levels, because Zagreus can't escape biologically because he's tied to the underworld, and so he can't escape his father because he's biologically tied to the underworld, and he can't escape whom he's biologically related to, and Hades can't escape that he's biologically related to the Olympians, and that's family. And so it's, it's a really interesting way of showing family dynamics and that at the end of the day Zagreus is able to move forward and like you even have that discussion with Persephone as one of her heart events of like her asking am I a good mother because at the end of the day Hades pretty shit dad uh he's he's working on it but it he also had a pretty shit dad so I think it's it's an interesting dynamic I mean I'm a genealogist so I look at these kinds of things of, like, the people who raise you intentionally or not pass on behaviors and aspects of themselves. And there's a line 
on one of your first 10 escapes where Zagreus is like, why did you have me? Like, why did you even have a child? And Hades is like, well, first of all, I don't understand why anyone intentionally has a child. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, big mood. But also, you have a child now, and, like, you need to figure that out. So it's an interesting way of Zagreus wants to run, Persephone ran, Hades is trying to run from his brothers, and at the end of the day, like, they're all still running and can't escape, but are trying to get better on each run. <laughs> Much in the same way that, like, Zagreus gets better on each run, and he becomes more of the son that his father wanted, and his father becomes the father that Zagreus wants. I don't well, know. I think is, they just... Like, it's mere, you're right. It's a completely valid observation. Hades is 100% specking into like fatherly love in a way that was not true at the beginning yeah and I, that that recontextualization of roguelike mechanics is useful here yeah i always my interpretation of like their relationship um is that like hades really resented zagreus for wanting to run because i think hades himself felt like he got like the raw end of the deal between his brothers which he did um, and he feels like he didn't run and he's being responsible and like doing his thing. And mm -hmm. he's like extra resentful for Zagreus for being irresponsible and trying to run away. Well, in the events of the game. Yeah, in like, the game. Yeah. Like it feels like Hades, as he sees Zagreus attempting to escape the underworld, is trying to accomplish like he, something yeah. that he never could. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think because there's a lot of resentment that's built up between uh, Zagreus and Hades, like, off-camera, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and, like, when they talk about how this game was developed, it was originally going to be set in the uh, the Labyrinth of Minas uh, and have, like, that, like, the shifting rooms be, like, the representative, like, procedurally generated rooms in a roguelike. And as they started to, like, bang out the story, uh, they realized sort of, like, what a golden opportunity they had uh, using the 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 underworld metaphor, um, and so a lot of these like the the running like that whole like metaphor and the way that this uh, like tiered story works comes from this this setting. Uh, so yes, I agree with everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The roguelike mechanics do play a part in the way that the narrative tells it, and if you extrapolate it beyond your main character, you can kind of see it the cycles playing out in everybody else as well. Yeah, and I really like like how JJ said like it, it surprised him when like they revealed like Haiti they humanized Hades. Um and I, I had a similar experience because like at the beginning he just seems like the villain, right? Mm -hmm. Uh initially and then you jump into the runs and the gods are like, hey cousin, like we're on your side. You have a pantheon of motherfucking gods behind uh -huh. you. And like it kind of reinforces that, like Olympus good, Hades bad. Mm -hmm. Uh but then like it quickly becomes a lot more complex. Uh like as we said through like the dialogue, like Zeus and Poseidon will talk about Hades etc etc and like everyone like kind of talks about each other you get that family drama that is greek mythology going on mm -hmm. uh and it, it yeah like it quickly becomes like oh well like hades was like done shady by zeus and zeus kind of sucks so like maybe this isn't all that it seems to be and I, I just like how that unfolds like it is really well 
uh, like uh, doled out to you. And largely through subtext as well. Yeah, like, there's a lot of subtlety to it too. It's very rare that like a character will come out and be like, this person sucks and I hate them, and here's why. It's always just sort of like, maybe you're putting some connections together and you're picking up, or you have history with the subject matter and you just know why mm-hmm. they fucked up. Uh, so, I don't know. I agree with that too. Uh, I don't think... Just as a capper, I don't think that, like, Hades is by any means, like, fully redeemed by the end of this game no. either. No. Yeah, no. like, <laughs> I didn't want that yeah. to be a takeaway here. No, but uh, I think that's great. Like, yeah. that's the way it should be, is that he's someone who was really shitty for a really long time. And he's still kind of a bastard. But, mm-hmm. like, he is doing the bare minimum of recognizing that he made mistakes and had failings. And, like the fact that it was his son calling him out on it is not a bad thing. It's not a point against Zagreus for trying to do that. He's not going to hold it against him. And instead he's going to actively work to be a better person. And like, I think that's exemplified in him being like, now you can keep escaping because you are actually kind of benefiting me. And it's him recognizing like his son's actual abilities and, using them instead of trying to hold him to a standard that is not possible for him yeah. you know you know intentionally withholding information and then when zagreus is left in the dark and has to kind of fumble to a conclusion and then berating zagreus for coming to the wrong conclusion you know classic shit like that yeah <laughs> yeah and that's like one of the big appeals of greek mythology to me is that the gods are fallible, like every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they, it's almost like they're like the worst in humankind because they have the power to be you know, sort of a thing. I mean, that's what happens when you over specialize, you know? Yeah. <laughs> God of thunder. Like you get bored of thunder every once in a while, you know, mm-hmm. got to turn to absolute chicanery with all of the women <laughs> in Greece. Yep. And then along came Zeus. Uh, Talked about all that. Yep. Uh, shout out to that joke about how Hades has a bunch of capes. Do, <laughs> do we have <laughs> faded thoughts? Mm. Nope. I, well, I mean, I guess, I guess I could go first in that I was nervous about this game for a number of reasons. One, because I was like, I've never played a roguelike before. Am I going to really bounce off of this? Um, am I going to be frustrated? What I should have realized is that I actually have a lot more patience for video games and things like that when I feel like there is something carrying forward. So, like, I mean, I have played Animal Crossing into the fucking ground. <laughs> so, like, the same itch that scratched when I can boot up the game every day and, like, water flowers or talk to my villagers or whatever. It's the same itch where even if a run doesn't go exactly as I planned, I can still take home my pool of darkness and gems and like make changes to kind of like the home base. Like not every run is going to be successful, but each run has some benefit to it. Even if it's that I got to try out a boon for the first time. And I know going forward, like that really works for me. Okay. So for run 32, I'm going to keep in mind that if I encounter this boon, it's dope as hell. Um, 
So, I also thought I would bounce off of it because of the subject matter. Um, that it's a kid literally trying to run from home and run from an abusive parent. And I think that they handled a lot of um, potentially dark material with a lot of grace and consideration. So I think that this is a complete knockout of a game from Supergiant. Also, that means there's a new game that we can add to the very select middle piece of the Venn diagram of games that Chad likes and the games that Janelle likes. <laughs> right now, I think it's just Animal Crossing and Hades. Yeah, I think that's the that's the full Venn diagram right there. And 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 any game that lets me objectify men is a win in my book. So. <laughs> Uh, I guess I can go next, uh, because I echo a lot of what Janelle said. Um, I don't usually like roguelikes, um, but the thing I think that we're, and I did like this game a whole lot, mm-hmm. uh, and the thing I think that works about it is that there are persistent elements, right? We get You get to power up your character, you have, uh, you know, abilities that stick and make the game easier. Um, you get to the, yeah, you have like a hub worlds to decorate and get characters in it to uh have relationships with and interesting dialogue and shout out to the head chef i love his little (laughs) animation of him chopping onions it's like my favorite thing um (laughs) and so all of that really like carried me through where like other roguelikes they really kind of feel to me like just doing the same thing over and over uh this one manages to transcend for me and actually manages to like always feel like progress um so yeah they knocked it out of the park there and um yeah and we've talked about all of super giants games except for bastion yeah Uh, we kind of just skipped over that one and went right for transistor um and uh this uh, chad i think you said it earlier really does feel like an amalgamation of all their work um and i forgot to shout it out at the time but like the boons feel a lot like the abilities in transistor specifically Mm -hmm. and i think that's like a cool evolution to look at um as like a specific thing i wanted to bring up but missed my chance um so yeah it it really does feel like this is like a i don't know if i want to say a seminal work but like this is like a really i think great accomplishment that you can kind of like look back and see the build up to uh which if you like the game i think can make you appreciate it even more Mm -hmm. so yeah i really like this game a lot and uh like yeah all of the usual super giant trappings, like the art and music, really elevate it for me as well. So, I cannot believe I forgot. I'm so sorry. My favorite, favorite, favorite character in the game is mm-hmm. the shade in the stadium, the Coliseum in Elysium. You're one the fan. Shade. Oh my sure. god! Because y- yeah. you mentioning the head chef, I always think because he gets the little like anxious emote over his head when you approach to give him fish. And my favorite, favorite thing to do after whipping fucking Theseus and Asterius's asses is to run over to the one shade who has your back and be like, "This is for you, shade." And he gets the little like happy emote over his head. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. the serotonin. Yeah. Also, I just want to jump in because it didn't occur to me until just now that the only character in this whole game that you would not want to ship is Theseus, and that's kind Uh, of funny. (laughs) Yeah, like it is especially funny with. (laughs) Okay, it's it's it keeps waving over me, (laughs) and it's funnier and funnier the more I think about it. 
but no, it is uh, especially funny with the the your supportive shade because you just keep winning, but he's the only one that roots for you. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get more fans; it's just always the one, and mm-hmm. I think that's makes it even funnier. It's my fucking dude. Yeah, good dude. So shout out to that shade. I agree. Mm-hmm. Final thought. <laughs> that's my, my my prequel to the statement. Okay. Uh, Final thought, colon. Mm-hmm. Hades is a wonderful proof of something that I have been suspecting in design for a while now, uh, which is if you pick your elements of persistence carefully, uh, you can make you, you can leverage the benefits of both high production values and procedurally generated content in ways that can hit the highs of both. Like, the, the kind of experience that you have when going through a single run in Hades is just as interesting at every point as like, you know, drafts in magic or something. Mm-hmm. You have all those same interesting decision points, but uh, through a lot of voice lines, a lot of time and a lot of care, they have built around that structure enough persistence that you can feel like there's development happening in you. Like it, the, the game is a narrative experience and not just a personalized test. It's not a thing that you're trying to beat. It's a place where you get to be. Uh, and a lot of a lot of games even today are kind of laboring under the idea that those are more contrary to each other than is necessarily true. Uh, and I cannot wait to see the roguelikes that will swing for the fences after this particular home run of a game. Uh, okay, so uh, I think I'm going to kind of smash some ideas from uh, all of you together into this. Like, it, it hit on a lot of my main points. A ball of into some a sort. Ball. And I'm also going to use a ball metaphor, so here we go. Um, I mentioned uh, when I said that this does feel like a culmination of a lot of, of the design that Supergiant has been doing over the last however many years since Bastion came out. Um, and like you just mentioned the uh, the boons being similar to the abilities in in transistor and like the Titan stars and pyre are a pretty obvious like one to one with things like the pact of punishment in this game. And to me, I feel like this game is like probably my game of the year 2020, maybe looking at a spot in the top 10 for me of like all time like I I really enjoyed my time with this game and everything that it did and to me it's like almost horrifying to imagine the snowball rolling further down the hill like what is the next thing that they're going to do because it when you look at Supergiant's games you don't see a mechanical through line necessarily in the outset you think like Transistor is a very different game than Pyre from a lot of angles and both of them are very different than Hades and yet there's still this shared DNA between them. So like are they going to put out some game like a walking simulator that somehow is just like also the best mechanical experience that I've ever had in my life and knock my socks off? Procedurally generated walking okay. simulator. <laughs> bring the procedural generation from Hades and everything else into the next one. Like the DNA in the games keeps becoming more and more refined as as it passes down and it is it is really impressive to me the way that it's it's been done um so yeah that's that's my ball metaphor uh it was about a snowball uh Mm -hmm. lest we flirt with smashiest balls territory um (laughs) 
And I don't know. I'm a big fan. Like the game a whole lot. We got to end this soon. So thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Uh, next time, we're going to be talking very similar game. Uh, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil 7. Uh, <laughs> uh, because we wanted to play a game out of season for Halloween. Uh, because I feel like we, we've confined ourselves and we want to break out of that. Uh, so enjoy your February horror. <laughs> uh, until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find links to our Discord, our Twitter, the YouTube. Uh, you can find all of our old episodes, including our episodes on uh, Pyre and only that one (laughs) uh yeah transistor is an older one it's like literally episode three like it's very echoey (laughs) we were probably recording it like a million miles away from a microphone it would be hard to listen to physically (laughs) probably in the living room at my house yes indeed it definitely was no baffling whatsoever bare walls mm-hmm. kitchen Just table yeah. yeah rock big, band microphone yeah. <laughs> big open area terrible acoustics yep yep all the bad stuff yep so you can listen to it to see how far we've come as far as understanding <laughs> what equipment is and does uh thank you thank you <laughs> thank you thank you Thank you. <laughs> After he says his name, I will say, and we're joined by, and then give okay. the names. All right. Yeah. But you and should. You guys just say hello. You should make it like a sweet reveal that JJ is back. Okay. Like, can you insert? So I should go with you first. Yes. 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 Okay. And you should insert like the John Cena theme. <laughs> yeah, and from post. the bowels of Tartarus. <laughs> <laughs> so it's both the Tartarus reference and, and the John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> well, John Cena is from Tartarus. Obviously. Tartarus Wyoming. I mean, he is John kind of like Cena. He's kind of like Theseus. Got a big <laughs> himbo vibe.